and welcome back to another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast. I'm Richard Davison, and I'm joined by my good buddy, Ethan Huffman. Now, Ethan, today is the day that we have been working toward for a number of months. It's been a long time coming, but it's time now to unveil our big boards. Time to let everyone know how much or how little we've watched of some players, and we will admit that as we progress through. Yes, yes. There, I mean, there are there are a number of players that we just couldn't watch for a few reasons. Um, mostly Euros, um, uh, m- mostly fo- foreign players. Just couldn't find some good. We got enough of Denny, um, but for some of the others, it was it was it was tough. Um, but and there's a few other few other guys that were just like, ah, eh, we, we couldn't watch them because they were like they reclassified as high schoolers. And then there's a couple that Ethan has no excuse for, and we will we'll slander him when when the time comes. But uh, I, I'm ready to get going here on this, uh, where we're going to go through five, we'll, we'll go five players at a time and unveil who we have where, and you'll, you can listen to where the group think is and where the group think isn't. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly excited for the locations where we don't have group think, Ethan, because, you know. It's better that way. It is better that way. It's better that way. So, Ethan, let's go ahead and get started with our um, top five here, uh, I'll go ahead and tell you who my top five are. Then you can go ahead and unveil your top five and or, or, or say where you differ. All right, let's go ahead and do that. So for me, my number one prospect this year is LaMelo Ball. Uh, I, you know, I I have him there, view him as, as having the highest talent. So he's number one. We, we've elaborated more on him in the, in, in the past, but we'll just go ahead and say he's up, he's up there number one. Still, even after rumors that he might be falling, might be having bad interviews, might want to play for the Pistons or the Knicks. Um, you know, thanks, Lavar. Thanks for thanks for that that info. But guy number one still um, on on our board. We're not in those interviews, and so it's fine. Killian Hayes is my second pick. Uh, for those who know, I've loved him for a long while. So has most of Pistons Twitter. Um, so Killian Hayes, number two. For number three, Isaac Okoro. I think if you listen to our last pod about uh, the draft. Where we talk guys who were higher on Isaac Okoro, I got him third. Then it's the two centers. Onkongwu, I have above James Wiseman to round off the top five. However, with a caveat, if James Wiseman is drafted by the Warriors, I will bump him up on my board. So. Yeah, and my board is almost identical. We just need to swap out the number two spot. And I have the who I view as a more versatile guard, um, Tyrese Halberton in the number two spot. Um, obviously, like I'll, I'll run through too. Lamelo Ball like has the most transcendent skill in this draft class, which is his passing vision uh, paired with his size. That there's not there's no one else that has like any skill that is that um, special and c- could be like make him the super duper star. Um, but, and anyway, the different thing here is Tyrese Halberton. I have him. I think he's, he's already incredible catch-and-shoot ability. I think he's a competent ball handler in the pick-and-roll and all these things. There's some things he's going to need to work on specifically physically to make him, um, you know, risk like to get him to where he could potentially push for an all-star kind of berth in the future. But I, I think his, he's got the complete package. He, if he gets in the gym and – you know, hastens that release to where he can get it up quicker off the dribble. I, If he can get an off-the-dribble shot, he's going to be really, really special. Um, Wiseman and Kongwu, in terms of that battle, I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm putting the big board as in they go to a place, if, like, every, assuming every place they land is a good spot for them. This is how I have him ranked to Wiseman for me. Um, if he if, if he's in a good spot, he's better than Kongwu, so I would 
put him that that hair above. See, for for me, I, just, I find that if a Kungu lands in any of those in any place, I just feel like most places are going to be fine for him. It's just that I don't know if that's the case for Wiseman. I think that he specifically has to go to the Warriors. Here's here's what I view it as well. Like, if I a lot of the way that I view this board ends up being how I would imagine in the playoffs that we just watched. How would some of these guys, uh, for some of them, specifically the centers, how would some of them do out on the floor? And I, and I think that when it's when we're in the playoffs, the versatility of a Kungu on defense just makes him, you know, more more playable and in, in, in more series. And for for me, you know, if I'm having Wiseman be a role guy, especially I think that especially early on, setting the screens, rolling to the rim, catching lobs, like a Kungu can do all of that. And Obviously, there is that there is that athletic upside with Wiseman, him just being a, a, a taller, bigger guy. That he maybe he he gets there uh, eventually. I just I worry that if he's in the wrong spot, he'll begin to focus on the wrong things, a la Andre Drummond, um, if he's not set up properly. And so that that's just that's the only reason why I have a, a Kungu ahead of Wiseman, uh, barring a Warriors drafting of Wiseman. Yep, you can certainly see that. Like I, 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 my first comparison for Wiseman was a Hassan Whiteside esque yeah. player, and Hassan clearly at, at different times of his career has had trouble focusing on what is actually most important for the team's success, and has definitely been down with counting stats that make him look exceptional. Yeah, and let me just let's just go back to the Halliburton and Hayes kind of discussion, uh, and just so that you know, Halliburton and Hayes like. Halliburton's the the next guy, number six. He's coming number six on my board here. So like, it's not as though I don't uh, like him either. I, I just you you like him a lot better. I do have those concerns about his off the dribble, about his development of that off the dribble shot, just because of what his form looks like. I don't think that there's really um, a fluid way for him to do that with his current shot form and shot release. It, it just makes it a little more difficult for me to envision that type of shot developing. Um, still, even if it doesn't develop, as long as you have just another solid point guard there, he is he's the perfect secondary guard, secondary ball handler um, in a three guard rotation, for example. Like it, it's it's the perfect type of situation. It allows flexibility with your roster, and his catch and shoot ability is um, you know. Uh, one, one of the top few that we have in in the, in this draft yeah no I'm, I'm i'm a big fan i i think i think there's something to say like i think he does drop the ball a little low in his chest i think there's a, a way for him to change his gather point and it'll be just like his catch and shoot so i i i see a little bit of a path but again it's going to take some finesse going to take some work and i understand that some people are aren't like seeing the superstar potential or like even like say minor star. Like I think I like compared him to like, he could maybe one day be the Kyle Lowry type player of a team where he's not a super duper star, but he's, he is a steady Eddie role player that is now a, like a star. I could yeah. see him finding that role uh, at some point. And again, he could have fit on to like, I, I just, again, think about the, the finals that we just witnessed or, uh, or some of these playoff teams that really could have used uh, that extra shooting, like if, if you put him on the Lakers, like for example, obviously he'll never go to that team. But like if you were to do that, like he would have been a valuable player down the stretch with his ability to be able to space the floor and shoot and to defend. Yep. So, uh, like 
I his, his off ball defense is, is also really really good. Um, I, I just I because I can see that um, him fitting in situations like that. I just I just think that he can be really good and he can fit in a number of places. So there's our top five, Ethan. Um, I think that uh, I think that we're good there. Let's go ahead and get to our next five. Um, so I I'll go ahead just because I you know. Jump the gun a little bit. Halliburton is, is number six for me. We don't need to talk about him that much more. And then here's where it gets interesting for me, um, to where I just said, you know what? I need to include these guys in my top ten, and that is Sadiq Bay is number seven, and Desmond Bain I have as number eight. Um, I, I don't think Desmond Bain is ranked this high on nearly anyone's board that I've seen out there. Um, it's like the only other person who I've really on basketball Twitter who I've seen who's really been talking about him is I think Dave Dufour in one of the most recent podcasts that he was on, I was like, no, I'm going to try to figure out why I shouldn't have Desmond Bain ranked first overall on my board. Uh, so, like, maybe that's one person. But, like, I just view him as somebody who is going to be, again, like we talked about with, with Halliburton, and, and I was like, he's going to be a quality player on an NBA team, and he's going to be, he's, if, if Halliburton is not one of the best catch-and-shoot guys, it could be this guy. It could be Desmond Bain. Bain has the shot. Uh, he, he's so good, and again, he's got that ball handling ability. Uh, if I've, I've, I've raved about him on previous pods, so I don't need to go into it again. But I'm catching myself here. But like, so Desmond Bain, I, I have him ranked eighth. Um, Kyra, Kyra Lewis Jr. We've got ninth uh, for me, and then rounding out the top ten, you might be wondering, hey, where, where's Anthony Edwards? Fine, I'll put him here. Anthony Edwards, tenth um, on the board. Uh, we talked about him on the last the last pod that we did together, Ethan. And he's even slid down because I said, you know what? I want Kyra Lewis to be ahead of him. So I pushed him down even more. And, and I guess I pushed Desmond Bain above him too because I said, why, why would I have Anthony Edwards, someone who I don't like, ahead of Desmond Bain, somebody who I, who I extremely love? So I that, was, that was the move. So those, that, those are the next five for me. Ethan, what do you have? All right, I'll run through mine. It's uh, Anthony Edwards at six, Killian Hayes at seven, Sadiq Bay at eight, Denny Advia at nine, and Kira Lewis Jr., Kyra Lewis Jr. I'm going to keep forgetting okay. which one to do. It's, Kyra yep. Lewis Jr. At, at 10. So I want to start with Kyra Lewis Jr. We both have him in our top 10. Um, Sadiq Bey as well. These are a couple guys I think we are much higher on than like the uh, the rest of the world. Um, not by a lot for uh, Kyra Lewis, but for Sadiq Bey, we definitely have him. Like top 10 potential, I don't think that's been talked about all that much. But he's hit him, both those guys, winning basketball players. They play... Um, like, uh, Kyra's a little limited with his size being exclusively a point guard, but he's going to be one of the fastest guys in the league. He's a great passing w- with his, the, his dribbling hand. He can just whip the ball around quite a bit. And he's a good shooter. And his form looks incredible. Like, I, I have no doubts that he's going to be a shooter at the next level. Uh, same with Sadiq Bey, who is, you know, going to be someone who can be a minor, like, you know, a mi- he's going to be a cog in the machine of a really good offensive team. He's going to shoot really well. He's going to be able to pass the ball if he gets it, make it a quick decision for a better shot. All those things are reasons I don't care that he's a little bit older than some players. He is the kind of guy who is going to make your team good. And to be honest, like like all the things we, people have said about Draymond Green, like some of those offensive things, he's he's got that knack and plus some shooting. So he's probably not going to be the defender that uh, Draymond Green is. I don't think that's in the, the cards. But offensively, he's going to be – I think he could be everything Draymond Green is plus, you know, 40% from the three-point line. Yeah, and and not a bad defender, Sadiq no, Bay. Like, he, not he, bad. He, he, he's going to be a plus defender 
Um, you know, maybe obviously rookie seasons can be tough, especially with this one being, you know, so soon, so close potentially to the draft, uh, not getting summer league time in all that stuff, but he's going to be a plus defender, uh, in, in his career. And, um, you know, obviously this is someone who we want to just send to Portland, but yes, yes. I want that very badly. I think the last, like one of the guys we should talk about, well, I think we can get to uh, Denny later. Um, okay. cause, cause he, he'll be coming up here shortly. Um, but I want to talk about Anthony Edwards, why I have him up to six. And, and it's because of the athleticism. It, it's, it's, I cannot stop like seeing all the physical gifts and tools he has. And, you know, I think about, I, I really think about the one really good Deion Waiters season with the Miami heat where he, he had actually put it together with a, a competent guard next to him in uh, Goran Dragic. And I wonder if Anthony Edwards can find his Goran Dragic young, early enough in his career that he's going to be that for, you know, for several years. I, I feel really good about him succeeding in the NBA level with more spacing, with, uh, with a coach that, you know, for, for lack of better terms, I think actually will institute an offense that makes sense for the personnel. I think Anthony Edwards is a moldable player. He probably has some, you know, he has questionable shot taking in terms of what he where, where he pulls up from. But I wonder if if there's structure around him, if he'll be able to succeed. Yeah, it's gonna take all of those things. Um, and I just I just see too many holes. If I if I thought if he showed that he could be at least an average, you know, a, a, average defender at, at the college level, right? At least show average effort. I would, I would be like, okay, you know what? Let's take the gamble. But I see the lack of basketball feel, the lack of basketball IQ, the lack of defensive caring or effort or intensity, and I see a bad shot selection that I'm more worried about than someone like Lamella Ball, who also had a bad shot selection. But um, at the same time, like I know he, he's looking for other people. I know he's going to facilitate, and I'm not. I am concerned that Anthony Edwards isn't going to be able to make. Um, the reads that he needs. And so for me, that's why I just haven't pushed so far down. Like he's 10th because of those tools. It's just what I saw was just, it was just awful. Like I need, I need, I need, I need to see a little bit of something somewhere from the basketball IQ, the feel, the defense for me to be okay with just saying, you know, what? he was on a bad team with bad spacing. That's why he jacked up all those shots. Like I just, I just need to see a, you can see something from any of those other things that I just I just don't see. Gotcha. I think the last thing I want to mention, uh, talking about Killian Hayes, I have him at seven. You know, kind of like a little bit of a swap C here with Ty- Tyrese being your six and um, him being my two, Killian being your number two. More or less with Killian, I don't see a uh, pop athleticism that leads me to think if he doesn't develop his right hand, which he does not have at all at the moment, I worry that he could be really bad if he doesn't develop the right hand when you're talking about NBA athleticism on a night-to-night basis. And that's why I can't put him any higher, because I don't know what what the path looks like for that development. I think his shot is going to get better, because right now he drops it too much, and he, he like it works out better when he's actually doing a step back, because he kind of gets into a fluidity where when you're putting the ball into your right hand and gathering, and you're leaning back away, the ball's already going to naturally be a little bit lower, and so his, his, his drop shot makes more sense in coming up from that spot. But when he's on the catch and shoot, and it's a really good pass, you know, into his chest, you should be able to go straight up with it. He doesn't have that ability right now, or when he does, it's it's errant, it's a wild misses. And so I'm wondering if, if he can be the off-ball player um, in a complementary role that some teams might want him to be in. But if he can't dribble with his right hand, 
can he be the primary ball handler that other teams might want him to be in? So he he's kind of an enigma for me in that regard, and that's why I why I like a lot of his tantalizing talent. His left hand is amazing. You gotta have a little something because you 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 will get scouted against. Yeah, I I'm a little less concerned, obviously, about the athleticism because of number one his size. Number one, he's um you know like 18, gonna be his night age 19 season, and I think that uh, if you are able to get him in, given to NBA, like a lot of these guys, they're uh, I mean obviously it's a little bit different for him. Uh, because for other guys, it's more of like the Tyrese Halliburton. No, oh, he's so skinny. We got we got to put something on. And I'm not, I'm not super concerned about that. On the, for the most part, uh, for some of these prospects, there's like just a couple where it's like, okay, well, Alexei Pokashevsky. Let's, I mean, come on. <laughs> like there ends up being like injury concerns, um, just because of other people in in those molds. But for for me with Killian Hayes, like you're a large guard, and if you're a large point guard, then for me, I see less issues. For me, it just means that I got to make sure that the uh, other guard I have, if I have Killian Hayes, isn't going to be the incredibly high. I just need to make sure I have another good defender who can be the one to take those responsibilities um, and guard opposing teams' best guards. Because um, I think that Killian Hayes especially can be a good off, uh, off-ball guard. Um, and uh, Sorry, off-ball defender. It's just in those in some matchups against elite-level athletic off, um, you know, guards in the, in the NBA, you might just need somebody else, and so I'm. That's where I'm just. I'm comfortable that that's not going to be as as big of an issue. I think you can do okay. It's just you want somebody who's better. Yep, yeah, I would agree right. with that. I think hit your next five there, Richard. Next five, and you know we didn't talk about Denny of Dia. He's in my next five, and so we can talk about him in a moment. But at any of the, I have eleventh. Um, you know uh, the uh, from, from from Israel, Maccabi Tel Aviv. Uh, he's a wing. But he can do a little bit with the ball in his hands. He likes to post up um, as well. So he, I think the the biggest question for him is his shot. And if his shot is for real, then he's got uh, you know he, he he can he can be a little bit in the mold of of some of the other guys um, that that we I think we compared him to. Um, you uh, think about um, uh, who, who 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 am I thinking? Oh, okay, see. Gallinari. Gallinari, yep. Uh, Gallinari. Uh, you kind of see him in, in that type of mold, but I, I view him as, as a better defender overall. Um, next one, I got Patrick Williams, uh, his teammate, Devin Vassell. Got those two guys next. Obi Toppin, I have as 14th. Um, I don't quite care for Obi Toppin. Uh, defensively is the, is the main issue. He'll be great offensively, but I think he can get played off the floor. And then Tyrese Maxey to round out 15. Ethan, who do you have in your next five? I have Patrick Williams at 11, Devin Vassell at 12, Aaron Neesmith at 13, Obi Toppin at 14, and RJ Hampton to block in at the 15th spot. So the names that's popping out to me is uh, Patrick Williams and Devin Vassell. We have them both back-to-back on both our lists, uh, me one spot higher for each. So it was kind of interesting to, to look at those two because at Florida State, both of them, um, probably underwhelming scoring numbers, but both – with some, I think, really good-looking jump shots until that recent Devin Vassell video that came yeah. out. Um, I think both those guys are pretty instant contributors. I wonder. I think I have Patrick Williams higher because of some physicality reasons. Is there any other reason for you that he's higher than Vassell? Well, I don't know if he's going to be instant impact just because offensively, I think there are still some questions. He's still a bit raw on that end. Um, but yeah, the idea is Patrick Williams. What the thing, 
they're both going to be high-level defenders, both coming from Florida State, and there's a really good track record with that, uh, with, with defenders coming out of, out, of, out of that university. And it's just the idea of, all right, well, what's the most valuable? A 2-3 defender or a 3-4 defender in today's NBA? And I think that when you're projecting forward, him being the younger prospect, if, like, with for me, just a little bit of worry with Vassell, with the most recent Vassell video, like, I think I would have Vassell a little bit higher if I wasn't just a little bit concerned. There's still, maybe I shouldn't be, but, um, like, at the same time that, Patrick Williams, he's really strong. I think he can be someone who can def- who can be a competent defender against those elite uh, wings that we have in the NBA, and I think that's the idea with him going forward. We're able to groom him into that, and his three point shot's not awful. So, yeah, his shot looks good. It, I think it went in a little bit less than I would have expected just watching the jumper itself, and that's with uh, that's with watching the game where he was on on fire and having having a good time there. Um, a guy I have a little a lot higher than you, um, Aaron Neesmith. Oh yeah. The, so the reason I know it's it was small sample size, but that guy's got a wetter, as I would say. And for me, in a, in a league that like, has a guy named Duncan Robinson, who I know is like legitimately a top five shooter in the NBA, like one of the best. You can't find you can't hardly make him better than Duncan Robinson is at catch and shoot off uh, pin downs, etc. But I look at Aaron Neesmith as a guy who could for different years find his way up on that list and with the premium that shot shooting is is at in this league i i don't think there's anyone who just screams i can catch and shoot and i can stay on the floor because i'm always going to be wet and i'm big enough that i'm not 100 percent defensive liability here's 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 my concern with uh any fifth and it is that um some of it is that short sorry that small sample size and just the fact that he was a 34% three-point shooter in his freshman year and jumped up to 52, which seems, you know, that, that's a huge jump. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was nice to see him make some of, you know, make those. But additionally, on the defensive end, I'm not really cons- I'm not really convinced that he's going to be a positive defender. Um, I him, him having the injury that he had is, you know, I just a little bit, little bit concerned there. Obviously, by this time he's had that he's had enough time to, to heal. You'd imagine. Um, I don't think it's going to be a Chuma Okiki situation. Uh, but you know, I, I just go and I, I look at some of the games that he had, and you know, he had some games where he's eight for thirteen against SMU, right? He has some games where he is. Um, let's see. Sorry, sorry. Uh, from from three. Sorry, seven for ten from three against UNC Wilmington. But then we've got games where we're, where we're two for eight, one for five, right? And all of these are against low-level competition. And so I like I, I just look at some of the teams that, that, that he's playing. It's like, okay, with the Richmond Spiders, are they, like, how many NBA-level players do they have on their squad? How many NBA-levels players did, uh, I mean, NBA-level players did he play? And it was really just one Auburn game, which was his last game uh, of playing. And he, he shot... Pretty pretty well in that game. Uh, I don't think I don't think Okoro took the uh, if I remember correctly. I don't think Okoro took uh, the uh, job of defending him. I think Okoro might have taken the primary ball handler in that situation. Um, I it just small too small of a sample size for me to be for me to be comfortable, and I don't really see it on the defensive end, and that's why I have him lower. That's fair. Uh, 
I, I know the shot looks good. If it doesn't go in, I'll be very surprised. Obi Toppin, we both have ranked 14th, which is probably a surprise to a number of people. You just look at his consensus. He's, um, I think, the consensus ranked 6th uh, player. And we've both dropped him down. Again, but without, without looking, we just came up with a list and posted him up there. Hey, hey, look, we both have him 14th. And, I mean, for us, it's just got to be uh, age paired with defensive. Um, we just think he's got a really low ceiling on the defensive side, right? As far as being able to uh, not being played off the floor in actual high-level games. And while he is going to be an offensive, I think a really good offensive player, like he won't have the same level of like physical dominance. Like He's going to still be a top-notch athlete, but he's not going to just jump over everyone like he did in the A-10. He's not going to be able to just sidestep. Um, you know, for example, Quinn Capella, who is not even like a super, a super duper high level defender. Like those kind of guys are going to be in his way far more consistently. And if he doesn't, um, develop a little bit more of a creativity around the hoop, I don't know how he finishes as consistently. So I'm, I think, you know, I, I compared him to bouncy boards. I said bouncy boards DL without like, not, not the flash, but like the, the effectiveness. And I do like think that's pretty much where it taps out is that one year he might average like 15 points per game and, and eight rebounds and get some assists. But like, he's not going to be a guy who you can count on to be the hub. And without bad defense, he is counting him to be a hub. Well, I, I think that he's going to have like similar like some stat lines that are going to if you're just looking at counting stats type thing that are going to be that are going to look really nice but the overall impact on the game i think is going to be much lower um i think i think that you're going to see some situations i mean john collins is is uh, someone who we've kind of i think of comped to in the past someone who he gets comped to sometimes and where it's like oh you're you're someone who maybe can space it out like john collins has a three this um has shown he can shoot the three he can also be someone who, who's a lob threat right and, like, those are things that we see from Obi Toppin. Maybe Obi Toppin has a, a little bit of better passing ability. But on the defensive end, it's, like, way worse than John Collins. So, and John Collins is not, not, not a noted good defender. So, that's the issue I see with Obi Toppin. Um, I, don't, I wouldn't want to gamble on, on, on him. Uh, I do think that if he were to go, like, there are some teams he could go to that would be really good for him. But I think that you, need, you do need a certain type of other big that, that can be there maybe to, to clean up some of the issues. I don't know. Yeah. Or all really good wing defenders. So he can yeah. be your, your five and he can just learn how to jump strip and down at the rim all the time. Yeah. Okay. Let's get to our, uh, Oh, sorry. You had RJ Hampton and Tyrese Maxey. We had to round off the last five, um, yeah. to get down to 15. We both um, have them in our next list of five, though, yeah, so I figured we can run our th- run through the next five and continue on. Sounds good. Yeah, so I have Tyrese, Tyrese Maxey 15. Well, RJ Hampton is my 16th. Um, then I go Malachi Flynn. Then the uh, home run swing of Alexei Pokashevsky, Josh Green, and then Aaron Neesmith rounding out my next five. Who are your next five? I got Tyrell Terry at 16, Maxey mm. 17, Precious Achua at 18, we have Desmond Bain making the appearance again. Very good player. I'm not, this is not an indictment on him. This is just uh, I am weighing some upside I see with other players. Where I think Desmond Bain is going to be a starter. I think he's most likely on at least on my list to when you, we do the redraft in a few years and some guys have flamed out that haven't worked out for all the things I think are good right about him. He's a guy who I think is most likely to move up quite a bit. But I again I am I am still the optimist waiting on like trusting in some potential right now. 
And again, it's not like you're low on him. His highest rank from all of the, uh, you know, aggregate, the places we've aggregated into the rank, it, the highest one is 20th, right? The, I think the ringer and the athletic have him at 20. You have him at 19. Okay. So it's, like, I, you're, I, it's just... So I wanted to make yeah. the point that I, I, I think he is going to be a really good NBA player. I just am tr- right now trusting in the potential. If I'm if I'm drafting a team, especially these t- these picks here, mm-hmm. do am I drafting Desmond Bain just to trade him to a contender? Because he he, he might make some of my young other younger players a little bit better, but I might still be needing good young players. Anyway, he's 19. Number 20 is Josh Green, which actually fits in exactly where his consensus rank puts him at the 20th pick, 20th spot on the big board. Yeah. We both have Josh Green in. Uh, I mean, it's just you're six foot six. You his shot percentage was better than um, uh, than I think some people are convinced that his shot will be. Like I think that he'll probably be a career 34, 35, probably probably thirty five, thirty six ish three point shooter. Uh, if if he can get to that, I think that that's very good. Uh, you know, a good outcome for him. And I think as a defender. Um, I, I like what he's able to bring to the table there. So, like, those being able to kind of bring a little bit of both, maybe be a slight positive in both sides, just makes you an NBA contributor at that size for years to come. I, I'm optimistic that he could have a, a Trevor Ariza-like career. But keep in mind, Trevor Ariza came around at a time where threes were not at quite the premium that they are now, and then he turned into a really good shooter for a, a few years. But Trevor Reese is a career 35% shooter. But yep. if, if Josh Green were to have a couple of these years like uh, Trevor Reese did where he's shooting under 30% on a very low volume, that's not going to bode well for the today's NBA. But I like Josh Green, his physicality. his uh, I think his shot looks good. I think he'll be more of a corner specialist than anything else. But I, I do see him as being a competent NBA player. I think 20, you have him at 19, it's, it's, a, it's a perfect spot for him. Uh, RJ Hampton, let's talk about him. Um, uh, so obviously he didn't have a a good season over overseas. Uh, came back early, been working with Mike Miller, and I think that we both like that. I think that we like the that if that shot comes around, you know, him just being really athletic, being able to do stuff in transition, and having a you know having a shot, uh, being able to defend. I think that we both just see the upside at this point in time. Let's go ahead and just take a swing on it. I thought one of the things about him is that his ball handle looked really competent, but he was looking like he was always in a hurry. And so that's going to be an important thing in his next phase is to learn how to play with some pace and some changes, change of pace. Uh, I think his handle is going to be perfectly suitable for the NBA. He's going to end in gradually increase, in pass, increase his passing uh, abilities. But I think he's one of those guys who he's going to be a high effort player defensively. He's going to be a better shooter. I think his shot looked okay at, in stretches. I think, it needed more arc to it, and I think Mike Miller is the perfect guy to be pairing yourself with if you're trying to improve shooting. I just like I like his intensity. I like his moxie. I, I have a lot of faith in those characteristics of him, and nothing like when you when you have those two things plus like a six five frame. I like it. I like yeah. it. In addition to um, the, the kind of how he rushed a lot, I think sometimes he rushed a shot where his feet sometimes aren't set the way that they need to be, and. And so because of that, everything else just begins to break down over time. And so I, I do think that him just having more season, he's a guy who, I, who I'm not going to be surprised if someone takes in the back half of the lottery and says, hey, we're just going to go ahead and develop him. And I'll, I'll, it'll turn out well for him. 
Um, so he's there. Tyrese Maxey's the other one where it's just kind of like, hey, if he can get a shot, if he can get an outside shot, if we can buy into that, then then we got something here, right? Well, the crazy thing about Tyrese is he's a tough shot maker, but like some of the more open ones he gets because of that that shot that he shoots like almost like right off his nose. It's a very low um, release shot. You wonder at the NBA level if that's going to be even harder to get off to those tough shots he was making in college. He shouldn't be taking as many of them, but those are going to be really tough in the NBA if that shot uh, release point doesn't change at all. But he's a very quick guard, like I think a pretty good defender for his size, but he's he is going to need to um, he's either going to need a work in like getting all the way to the rim and some finishing, or he's going to have to work on that release point because that that stuff's not going to work all the time um, with his uh, his low release off the dribble in the mid range. I think Kentucky was a good good place for him defensively to be able to hey I've got to I've got to be matching the other Ashton Hagen's Emmanuel quickly and we're going to be switching a lot um, because none of us are actually small forward sized but we're going to have to do some defending and so he had to at times defend up and I think that that was um, good experience for him so yeah I I, I do buy that aspect um, of his game as well. Um, uh, I got Malachi Flynn here. I'm trying to find. Oh yeah, he, so he's lower up for you. I I just like Malachi's Flynn. Malachi Flynn's um, everything that he does with uh, the ball in his hands. He's very good off the ball too. Catch and shoot situations can do it off of movement as well. He can make a lot of a lot of difficult passes. The question that you might have with him is, all right, so he's a little bit older, uh, and he did that on again a really really high ranked San Diego State team. But maybe he didn't play incredibly high-level teams, which you would have liked to see maybe in like a tournament setting. But we never really got, we never really got to see that. So that's maybe the knock on him there and his slight, more slight frame. But I just think that he's going to be a really good, um, at at minimum, a very good uh, bench point guard. Um, so kind of where I fall with him is if. If he is your really good bench point guard, you probably are asking him to do too much. Like it's fine; he's gonna need to do that for a stretch in his career. But if if he's if you're using him to hit like all of his best abilities, you're probably using him a little bit too much. And so I'm I I couldn't go all the way up with him. I do think he's a fine prospect, but I couldn't be like someone who's on the high end of him because of. I, again, it's as simple as as I said it. If if he is doing all the things he's good at you probably are actually kind of miscasting him a little bit. I mean, he runs the pick and roll to perfection. Like, that's what I need my backup point guard to do. So that's that's that's, but, that's, that's where it is. I, I think defensively, like, he probably knows where to be, but his frame doesn't really allow him to to do what he needs to do. And so if you're concerned on that end, I get it. For me, offensively, I just I, I see him being able to run a second unit really well. Yeah. I don't think he's as good as Seth Curry. And he's definitely not as good a shooter as Seth Curry. So, like, I, I think that that's, like, his best optimal outcome. We're, 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 we're pulling out the uh, highest-rated three-point percentage basketball player of all time. Well, he's not as good of a three-point shooter as, as that guy. <laughs> and Seth Curry bounces around quite a bit with, right, with but those Seth, percentages. But Seth Curry can't run a pick-and-roll. I disagree. He's If, if he could... Then, then like we would see him in that role. We have him off ball, and that's really all we really we, we only really have him off ball. He's not a backup point guard. He's a small shooting guard. Is really where where he's been cast. That's fair. I don't think uh, Malachi Flynn will be as good in the pick and roll in the pros because his athleticism will not allow him to turn corners as effectively. Fair. Um, the next two 
guys that we really have. Oh, I guess, uh, let's see. Yeah, we're, we're, it's, it's good to talk about Poku here. Poku is the, is the swing. We haven't seen him a whole lot. He's very yeah. tall. He is very skinny. Um, he's right now, if you, you know, put him in the between R2, 18 and 21, um, he's going to the heat. And I mean, like he might go higher. I, I'm not sure where he's going to go, but he's one of those guys that I think if you're a team that needs players, needs like, uh, or if you don't have a good circumstance for him to develop, you don't have a good, uh, notorious, maybe even, um, training program for physical fitness and wellness. Um, maybe you shouldn't take him and he should just go to the heat. Here, here's, here's the thing with Poker. So obviously he, he's basically a shooting guard, um, in a center's body, a skinny center's body. Um, you look at him out there and it's like, man, there's just a little bit of shades of bull bull. Uh, but he, he moves, he moves better than, than bull bull does. Um, he, here's the here's the problem with with Pokoshevsky. Even if he hits his maximum outcome, I still think on the defensive end you have some issues. You always have to play drop drop coverage, and he's going to get destroyed by strong centers. So, like that that's the issue with him. But he is going to on the offensive end if he hits all of the high marks. You know, being able to shoot movement threes, right? Maybe a la Kelly Olynyk. But uh, his passing ability is also like, he sees the floor pretty well just because he is. Seven foot. The question is again: the video that we've seen of him is him against just a bunch of other people who just aren't very good, and and so he's someone who you obviously need to develop, like you mentioned. Get him in the weight room. He needs to put on some weight. Uh, and I I don't usually have any any like oh okay this person needs to put on weight. Fine, that happens in the NBA. My question is with seven footers like this, there's that injury history that just generally we end up seeing play out i don't know his injury issues because he's a little bit of a black box when it comes to um some of him especially if you don't have i don't know where to find film other than just go to youtube clips on him so if you don't have that uh if you don't have those that ability like we don't then it's kind of just uh well take a swing this is probably a fine place to do it Pair him with Bam Adebayo, a center who can guard the very strong bigs. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure. just, of course, I'm a shield for the Heat. Let's yeah. move on to our next five, and I think this guy, we'll get this guy um, comes up right away for you. Yeah, Precious Achua, you have him again in, in the uh, 18th. I got him 21st. So again, right in the same realm and range. Like I don't, I mean, I don't think I think we're, you know, it doesn't really matter, right? Who who knows? I have him in the same kind of tier as Xavier Tillman. Um, who's my 22nd ranked player? Who is higher on my board than than he's projected to go in the uh, early second round, according to our uh, the consensus. Then I have Tyrell Terry, who again was uh, I would say quite a bit higher on your on your board. It seems you're a bit higher on Tyrell Terry. I'm a bit higher on Malachi Flynn, and I get why people are um, higher on Terry, like Kevin O'Connor from the Ringer, obviously super high on him, um, pushing pushing him up on on his board. Uh, so Tyrell Terry, I got 23rd. Trey Jones, I got 24th. Um, and then Cole Anthony making an appearance, 25th. Ethan, 25th is where I have Cole Anthony. I hear you. So I had Poku at uh, 21, Xavier Tillman 22. So funny, Richard and I have him in the same spot. Jaden McDaniels, Robert Woodard, and Jalen Smith uh, round up my top 25. Now, Richard, I'll go ahead and be um, transparent. If you if you look at my list, uh, 26 through 30 are all point guards 
or yeah. at least point guard sized players. Yeah. And more or less, I couldn't make distinctions between most of those players. And so I decided to have them all on the list. Like any one of those guys could jump up ahead of Jaden, uh, Jaden McDaniels, Woodard or Jalen Smith. Um, so when we get to those players, but ultimately I looked at Z- uh, these, the guys ahead of them, Tillman, McDaniels, Woodard and Jalen Smith. I said, okay, what are their best outcomes? And I was thinking about Tillman. He is going to be a good drop big, probably can switch a little bit here and there. Definitely hedge hard. Definitely going to be one of those guys who can really get out hedge and recover. Um, I think that's a valuable trait. I was thinking specifically, go to the finals. And if the Heat had Tillman on the roster, when Bam was hurt, the defense probably could have maintained a higher level than it did with Myers Leonard, Kelly Olenek. Offense, I don't know, because the shooting, I don't think will be a a Kelly Olenek or Myers Leonard quality. He might be like a 35% three-point shooter by by the time he gets uh, into a regular rotation. But in terms of the way he could have helped defensively for the Heat, um, or especially if Bam comes back and actually played a center with the Dwight's the, and Anthony Davis out there just keeping a big body in between, I think he would have been very helpful. And that's why I can't put him any lower than 22, which is, is higher than the consistent rank would have him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you just look at the consistent rank, like, again, we have him higher than any, like, athletic and CBS have him 23rd. So, again, we're higher on him than than those guys for me i just view like you're right about his three-point shot i think it's it ranges from 30 percent to 35 percent in that range i don't think you're getting much higher than that um and and so what he would i think give with someone like he like is i think he could do a really good job facilitating in that bam dribble handoff type of thing like i think he would be would have been able to um keep that aspect of the offense rolling wouldn't be as good because there's less of the threat of him being able to take it and immediately attack the rim with the athleticism that Bam has, right? Mm-hmm. So that's not there. But he does have the ability to, on the defensive end, like, he's going to be a solid um, a solid big in the rotation. Can, depending on um, depending on who your other bigs are, I think he can fit alongside of them well. Again, I think Denver's a phenomenal spot for him um, if, you're, if you're considering – like, hey, I got to play Michael Porter Jr. out there. He really doesn't have the defense. Let me go ahead and, and um, subsidize that with Xavier Tillman, right? Uh, and with his ability, maybe taking some of that Paul Millsap role eventually uh, where Paul Millsap seems to be aging out of it. So, like, that's the type of player that I, I see him as and I see him fitting into. And I just think that there's there's a place for him. Preston Chua, I'm less convinced on the offensive end. I, I'm, I am a little bit concerned because of the things that he thinks he's good at. I don't think he actually is going to have... I don't think he's going to be able to utilize those things at the NBA level, which are his, he likes to dribble the ball a lot. I don't think a team really wants him to be doing that for them. Um, and and so if that's the case, then then what's my role for him other than just to go ahead and set some screens? So and, and I don't see what he brings there. He does bring more switchability on the defensive end. Um but I got to figure out what he does on the offensive end. That, that's why I have him a little bit lower than you do. As yeah. Far as, and you know. I, I bumped him up for the defense, all the defensive reasons. I kind of look at him. He's like, he reminds me a lot of uh, Derek Jones jr. And I think of how would Derek Jones jr. Have been a contributor in the finals. If he was just thicker where he could actually take a hit and stay on his feet. And that's where I see with prejudice Chua is he's going to be able to take the hit and stay on his feet. Now he can't jump 40 feet in the air and, and grab it out of the rafter and bring it back down for a dunk like uh, Derek Jones Jr. can. 
but that athleticism at some point it's you're not really having diminishing returns when you're still in the spectrum of super super good athlete and so i'm looking at him as like yeah if he's like Derek Jr. played some small ball five for the Heat uh, this this regular season, and I think Prince Chua can get some of those minutes. Not to mention you, you pair him with a bit of a shooting center or at least another like sized guy who can shoot. He's going to be out there fine on the defensive end. And I think the NBA, like much like with what I was talking about with Anthony Edwards, I think you get him in the NBA structure where it's like, hey, listen, you're getting paid now. You, it's you're here. This is how you stay here. I think those kind of environments are going to help, uh, especially players, uh, really help a guy like Prince Chua. There's a role for him in the NBA, I'll, I'll tell you that. There's a role for him, and I think that some team is going to, in the late lottery, I think might try to go for him. Um, I, th- I think that just because if a team like, ah, I really wanted a center, and Okungu is gone, right? I th- like, could, could Washington like, maybe reach for him uh, when, when maybe they shouldn't because they really want to have that, that center uh, there that they're just really missing? I don't know. Um, but until I can figure out what he does offensively, uh, that's, that's useful for a team. I just, I have a couple, couple spots lower than you do. He'll end up on the Blazers doing the Alfred Camino Moharkless impersonation. I even, I even want to see less threes. Like I'm, I'm very concerned about that. Defensively, it'll be a great fit. It'll be, it'll be really right. Fun. But like, I, I, that's the joke that's to be made. I have to yes. make it. Yep. Um, let's see, let's see, uh, we, Tyrell Terry, um, let's talk about him just a little bit here, because you had him higher, uh, I don't know if we gave him the full, the full discussion here, but. He's a Stanford guy, smart guy, I trust him. Okay, all but, right. But, again, he's very small, he's very small. Yeah, I mean, the, he grew, put on some weight over the, over the quarantine, I think hopefully helpful weight, um, uh, I, I just, I don't know if I see him totally as running a team yet. I, I just, oh, oh no, I'm, no. I'm very like I'm very concerned. Obviously, in the range that he's going, I don't think he'll do that. I just don't know if I see him running second units even, um, just at the moment because like I again, that's why I see Malachi Flynn being able to come in and immediately run a second unit. I don't really see that with Tyrell Terry. He's one of those guys where if I can get him some shots um, from the corner. Uh, and he can be out there just to provide a little bit of spark offensively. 10, 10 or so minutes less than then, I think that's a good spot for him, uh, at least to begin with. But I do think that his upside is is higher um, than, than, than some of these other point guard prospects that are around here. I, I look at him just a steady Eddie shooter. He's a guy who's going to like really just be able to catch and shoot, and I think he could be immediately in a starting lineup alongside a very good lead guard or – lead wing type and i was specifically thinking about a team like dallas a team like miami with jimmy butler a team luka Doncic, obviously i was thinking about teams like that who have some lead wings or even a denver like denver not really because they don't need guards but someone with a lead wing lead ball handler who is has some size he's gonna be able to just you know he can bring a ball up as long as he's not coughing it up to the patrick beverly harassment suit and you know like I think he's gonna look like he's gonna shoot well, and so no matter even if it's not, some of his game hasn't formed out, if, if he's paired with one of those wing wing threats, they're gonna be able to. He's gonna be able to learn from them a little bit. Like, For me, I, I just see that that person's also gonna have to be a really good defender, um, and that that's where it's like ugh, I, I really need I really need to have another top level defender because uh, I'm gonna be hiding Tyrell Terry all the time. 
Yeah, that's fair. He's Tyrodoy's probably not going to be a great defender at any point no. in this league. No. He, I, I, think, some, I think some, he at some point he could be the next year. <laughs> at some point though, because if if that little you know weight weight gain is is accurate, he could be one of the guys who gets in the right spot. Stanford yeah. guy, really yeah. smart. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. Let's see. Our last. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna talk about a lot of these guys coming up here. Actually, we're not gonna talk about Jalen Jalen Smith. Um. For me, he didn't. He did not make the. I have him thirty sixth on board. I don't care for him. Yeah, I, I don't either. But this is what at the end of the day I said: you can't teach six ten, and he, he didn't make some threes. If you can, if he's enough of a robot that you can just train him, maybe it works out. I, I you can't teach six ten with with athleticism. I looked at him and the way he moved reminded me of Clint Capello. But if he's gonna be out there and shooting threes, maybe Houston wouldn't have traded him. I guess. I mean, yes. Right? I, am, am I wrong it, with saying that the robotic way of his movements reminds you of Clint Capella at all? Am, am I wrong? No, you're not. You're not wrong. But I, I, you're still having the issues of the defensive issues that he has a little I, tight in the hips. I can't. I can't be. I can't be really be switching, which is what I need for Harden. Which is the. Which is why they made the whole move to. Um, Go to go to PJ Tucker at center to switch everything to kind of save Harden on the defensive end. So, but if he could have spread the floor more, they might have not decided to go full that way. I'm just, yeah. I think with he he has the shoulders, he's got the the, the wingspan. I, I look at him as a guy who, if if he gets hip flexibility, things could work out. And he has the goggles. I will say that was a plus. Hey, you know that like I wanted to like him a lot more, and I like, you know I wanted to have him you know early. And I wouldn't have him in the middle in the late lottery, but that that wasn't that, that that would be irresponsible. Yeah, yeah. So let's get to my next five. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, because you were gonna talk about Cole Anthony coming up in yours because you have him in the you have him ranked in the first round, Ethan. This is impressive. Uh, I mean, it, this is I mean I'm surprised that you haven't changed it even mid pod. Uh, but so I got Tail Maladon at twenty six. Uh, Isaiah Joe. Um. From Arkansas at uh, 27, I will say just just for the listeners, Ethan has not watched enough Arkansas. I'm just gonna say that uh, Ethan knows he hasn't. Uh, so Isaiah Joe, he's a shooter, volume shooter, um, and uh, he's 27th on my board. Um, kind of the idea of why you have Aaron Neesmith ranked higher, and you think he can shoot. Isaiah Joe um, can take a lot and uh, fill it up, not to the percentage, but again, the he's more of those that. The volume is impressive while still being a, a decent percentage. Um, Robert Woodard, uh, I got him. You had him in the in the one before. I, at this point, you know, if you, if you're a wing like that, like you're probably gonna get drafted just because you can, like we mentioned before, walk and chew gum and uh, shoot and uh, defend. Nothing flashy about you, but you're gonna be there. Um, Jaden McDaniel's pops up for me at this point just because it's like, hey. The, the, the defensive aspect of, of him, you'll like um, the d- developmental uh, portion of things. You, you had him a little bit earlier as well. Yeah, I just want to w- reach out to Leonard Hamilton and ask him, would you have recruited him? And he just had a set-up deal to go to Washington? Because if, if he would have recruited him, he's flying up the boards. Yep, indeed, indeed. And then I have Cassius Winston, um, you know, Michigan State, to round out my first round um, of the big board, thirty. So that that's who I got here, um, and 
in if for you, man, I must I must have convinced you to the point that you you uh, with my Emmanuel quickly love that you you put him twenty sixth, Ethan. Yeah, no, Emmanuel quickly. Like, the first game we watched, I believe, was Auburn Kentucky this year, and it wasn't to watch Emmanuel quickly. It was to watch you know Maxi and etc. And I just kept like quickly just kept running off these screens and kept splashing threes. And I said, Richard, who is this guy? And you know it worked out that he's pretty pretty good player. And I think you, you pay, I think he is you know the the probably like lower lower upside. But if you need a guy to play next to your your wing creator, your center creator, that guy is ready to guard point guards right now and shoot really good from three. And I can't I can't ignore that. Can't ignore it. He's, no, he's I, he's ready to be the Avery Bradley that can actually shoot consistently. I agree. He's in that next tier for me in the top top of the second round. My my only concern with him is, I think he needs to go to a very specific group of teams. And if he does, then I'll, I'll move him up. Right. It's kind of that Wiseman situation where if he goes to the the teams that have that larger wing creator who aren't going to miscast him as a point guard, um, like sign me up. I just. I, I look around and say, "Ooh, if he if he doesn't get picked by that squad, like then then, then I begin to have have some, I begin just to just be a little bit nervous. Let's just say yeah. that he he needs to be in the Langston Galloway role. He needs to be in the Brent Forbes role. He needs to be in the Avery Bradley role. That's not probably... dribbling, not dribbling the basketball. No, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, twenty six was quickly twenty seven. Trey Jones, twenty eight. Teo Maldon. Uh, 29, Malachi Flynn, and um, 30 is omitted. We don't want to talk about him. I have yep. been um, sent a letter from the Anthony family that they have requested me not to mention said player anymore because of my negativity. It's infectious. Hey, Ethan Ethan has Cole Anthony ranked in the first in the first round. Top 30, Ethan, top 30. I really even, want even to put Marcus Howard ahead of him. I know you do. I know you do. Listen, when you watch a little bit more of Arkansas, you'll put Isaiah Joe ahead of him, and all will be well, right? And then I, I'll just flip those two. There you go. That's, that that just, just makes it easier for you. Um, but Trey Jones, we both have um, uh, ahead of Cole Anthony. It just Again, it's that I think he can provide defense, and I think he's a better shooter, catch-and-shoot guy, than he is given credit for. And so... Put them, the, put them on the Lakers, right? The Lakers, if you make this pick, just pick Trey Jones and make everyone happy. I just think Trey Jones is ready to accept whatever role he's given more so than Cole Anthony. Like If Cole Anthony were to actually slip in the draft, I feel like it, it makes him even a worse prospect because he's going to have even more of a chip on his shoulder weighing him down when he tries to elevate and get, getting blocked by all the centers um, that the NBA has to offer. See, if Cole Anthony goes, though, to a, a squad, again, we want, we want more spacing, but like a squad that just needs ball handling. Um, you know, you think of you think of a squad like Milwaukee. Um, again, these ones don't have a, as much of the spacing, but again, NBA level spacing is just better than what he had in North Carolina. So even if it's like even if it's like Philadelphia again, who is in need of a ball creator, someone who can dribble, um, like those are just better situations. We'll see. We'll see if we'll see if it happens. Um, uh, I, I think it, I think it's very situational again for him. Um, Maladon. Yeah, um, didn't see enough to really bump him high up on the list. But when I did see, I saw a guy who I think could develop into a pretty good set shooter. He's got some floater game. Going to be a pretty solid defender from all my opinions. But I just I, I, I didn't see it enough against the players I recognize to move him up the list 
very, very, very decent chance that he's better than what I think. He's decent fine. Chance. He's fine. Again, it's one of those guys where you were able to see a couple of games, um, a couple of full games that were on YouTube, be able to watch of him and, you know, try to go with some highlight packages. Like, he's going to be a fine, it seems like he's a fine guard, but there's not one thing that he really excels at. Uh, there's not really that one, um, uh, like, he's really good at this thing. And so that, that that's a bankable NBA um, trait that, or, or characteristic that he's going to have. I don't know if I see that. And because I don't see that, there is the possibility that, you know, even though he's a jack-of-all-trades, master of none, maybe that isn't good enough to actually get him uh, into a rotation and maybe he kind of just kind of fizzles out because he's not that great. Or he could just be someone who's a solid player if he's able to get some time. Um, but I think that we have him ranked this low just because we don't we don't know. Yeah, we don't know enough. All that being said, got good size. Like he's not a bad athlete. He's not. He's not quick. He's kind of like in the Killian Hayes. Like he's not as thick as Killian, which so he probably can't finish at the rim. He'll probably never finish at the rim like Killian has some potential to do. Um, but he's he's six four. So like, and he's a good ball handler. It just there's nothing that's poppy about him. So there's nothing that would make me just say yes, draft this guy high. I I put him on the list of like I would I would like to see where this goes if the Heat were to if he was the if, kind of like a like, I, there's going to be a lot of options for the Heat here at the 20th pick. I, I have a feeling I'm not going to be disappointed with the pick. Yeah. So we've had, that's our first round. I don't think we, we need to go. We, we've already been doing this for about an hour. We don't need to go uh, through to 60, Ethan. No. Even, though, even though we theoretically could. Um, we, we, we got people's names down to 60. But you don't, you don't need to hear us explaining everyone down to Udoka Azabuke. So um, no. let's... <laughs> Let's just go ahead and just have a, a few brief notes about our 31 to 60 people that stand out to us. Obviously, I got quickly there who, uh, you know, you, you, you had um, you had up there. I, I the guy who I probably should have mentioned in the last pod that we did about people who we are higher on than the consensus for me. I should have said Mason Jones from Arkansas, 6'5 guard, um, had some. You know, ball handling responsibilities, but again, he can he can shoot the ball well. He's long, you know. He mentioned his vertical. I think I was watching, checking out on Twitter. His vertical has increased substantially, which again is is a really good thing. I just I just think he is a a really good swing for somebody up top. Going to be one of those guys taken in the second round who you look back and say, "Oh, that guy's that guy's pretty good." Why do you go in the second round? And um, you know that that level of of player. So that's one guy I want to mention. I've already said his name once. So just Marcus Howard. Great shooter. I talked about him in the last pod. So don't need to go him, but I just want to mention him again. I love Marcus Howard. I'm really a big fan of him. The guy I want to mention with this spot is Paul Reed, versatile defensive player. Yeah. I just want to yeah. mention him because he's, if you're looking for a guy who can set screens, roll the rim and defend honestly, anyone in a pinch, Paul Reed is that guy. And there's a, like talk about, would the, he have been a bit in a better place than playing Myers Leonard and Kelly Olynyk? There's no shooting ability here for the most part, but he was a good defender. Probably would have yeah. helped out. Yeah, no, I for for him again. It's like I probably should have him higher. I I liked him. I liked his game when we when we watched um, some of him. I, I liked his versatility, his effort. My like in that in one of the games we watched. My goodness, he was all over the floor. Like I think about some of those types of players and. Like the types of players I think about are him, like Herb Jones from Alabama, 
who is diving everywhere with a cast on, is involved in every single play. But, uh, you know, you have more length and, um, in my opinion, more athleticism in Paul Reed. And, again, it's, it's the if I have Precious Achua rank where I have him, where I have concerns about him offensively, but I know that the switchability of the defense is there, why don't I have Paul Reed in that in that realm, in that tier? And maybe it's just because, again, at the moment, Achua's, uh, you know, they're both about the same age, but Achua's has a little bit more offensive tools. But again, if those tools aren't going to be utilized at the moment to the, like, then, then why, why, why do I, if, if that's, if that's what I think, why, why do I have Paul Reed that low? I do think Precious has more bounce. I yeah. think he's I think he's more down with the thickness, as it were. Like he's yeah. actually more physically built. I mean, I think the first thing I thought of Paul Reed was in terms of offensive game was just Rashard Holmes, but he has he doesn't have that much like touch and finesse around the rim. But he does have he does have some bounce. He's probably a little bit he's a better defender than Rashard Holmes, just for the record. But he he's a guy who's going to be a successful NBA player, and what, what we have to figure out is. Where like he's another guy. He's, he's got to go to the right spot. Like putting him in like you know the quote unquote Paul Millsap role, or like set back up to Jerry and Grant, or Jeremy Grant. Jerry. Jerry. Jerry's the bad point guard brother. Yes. Um, yeah. Like, I, I I like a lot of what I see from from him in those roles. But yeah, I have we have him we, even even you without bumping him up as high, you're still ahead of the consensus overall. Not not as high as Tankathon though. Tankathon went crazy. It has him 17th, but maybe that's maybe we should have him up there. Who knows? Maybe they, they had Tyler Bay really high too, and we, yeah, we yeah, don't yeah. have Tyler. Neither of us have Tyler Bay. High. Where's Tyler Bay for you? Oh yeah, Tyler Bay. Is he, he's just a little below. You. Again, you talk about the six, the six, seven, six, eight, and can chew gum. Like again, like take a chance that it, the shot, <laughs> the, the one, the one three a game or less shot was a little bit of indicative of some shooting ability. Tyler Bay has. I think the highest vertical for any wing uh, ever recorded in the NBA Combine, from what I saw. Well, he's—they probably didn't do an NBA Combine, but is it the social distant Combine? Yeah, well, yeah, whatever, whatever. Like, like I—I've I, been watching my my Twitter sources are posting that it was was rather like I'll, I'll find I'll find it while while you go ahead and talk about somebody well, else who's well, notable. T- what I'm gonna say is that Tower Bay has that vertical. And his jumper is decent. He we, he could be the next like Robert Covington esque type of player, but I don't think his jumper is ever going to be that good. So like like we're far away. But if he get, got a great vertical, like he's not he's not laterally quick, so he might be a really good rim protector uh, for an undersized player. A guy I'd like to mention is uh, Miles Powell. He, this guy falls under the Sermori Pond type of love. He's a volume scorer. Uh, hot and cold shooter, but I just want to mention him. I think he's got a crafty handle. He's probably destined to score 25 points per game in the G League um, for a season, and it will never matter because he's too small. But I, I want to give him love. Big, big Any Big East guy, I'm happy to give love to. All right, so, yeah, Jonathan Wasserman says, set an NBA record for forwards. I guess that was the technical term, with a 43.5-inch max vertical. So, 6'7 with shoes, long wingspan. Um, just wanted Again, to go ahead and if, find that throw out there. If if he if that vertical uh, aids him, he he could have some defensive tendencies like a, a Robert Covington. And I will say, just an awful situation in Colorado. Just oh, just horrible. just awful co- coaching setup. Like it, it was it was almost unbearable to watch. But that that doesn't excuse him for either not shooting more threes, like finding his way out there. 
and you can he needs to be better laterally. If he doesn't get yeah. better laterally, he's not going to be a he's not going to be a switch defender like I think some people might think he is. Yeah. Um, it should be noted, just notable people who are ranked in the consensus first round um, that are not included for us. So like, uh, Leandro Bomaro is in the second round for for both of us. Um, the same thing with. Uh, Jemias Ramsey, although Ramsey is a bit lower for you. You have him at 48. I have him at 39. And then, oh, Isaiah Stewart, I think, is also there. For, we, we have Isaiah Stewart a little bit lower, I think. He's got to oh, be yeah. able to jump. 47. Yeah, that's the problem. I have a 30, uh, where do I have him? Uh, 37. So I'm a little bit higher as you as well. But, yeah, just can he jump? I don't know if he can jump. I, I'm curious to see what his vertical is. If he if, if we can get him to that combine, whatever's going on with that, I want to see I want to see his vertical because I bet it's real low. Um, and then the, the the champion of the slide for for both of us, Nico Mannion. We had we had to if I just, I just want the listeners to know out there again. We've been working on our NBA draft prospect sheet, and we've got a Hero Ball Big Board page on it. And I had to I had, like we got it color coded for. You know, if we're higher or same rank or lower, and we had to we had to create two color code spots in order to include him. Ethan has him thirty one, more than thirty one slots lower on his big board than his, um, than in his consensus rank. Ethan, you have him as the fifty eighth ranked prospect. And if if my memory serves, I think I only had fifty five people on my list. And then I just quit putting people in. You're like, Ethan, we had to finish the list. No, he, he was he was 58. He was the, he was the last one there. Um, oh, he he was on the list, and then I had to put two yeah, more. Yeah, he was the last one. You you, you okay. put in Skylar Mays, even though you said he didn't really watch him, uh, and you put in Udoka Azubuke because we, we watched too much of him, um, and we just figured, you know what, it would be it'd be fine if we had him as our 60th ranked uh, player. Yeah, that's fair. Um. So yeah, Nico Mannion is my fiftieth ranked player. We're out on Nico Mannion, if if anyone didn't know. Uh, but yeah, we're out. One someone someone who were maybe the last person that we should mention. Um, we we're, we have the same rank on Tyshawn Alexander. We both kind of like him um, relative to his project, projection. But Sven Lee, we like him out of Vanderbilt. Uh, we just think he's real athletic. He's fun. Uh, don't know if he ends up being an NBA player, but we've got him ranked fiftieth and fifty third uh, respectively. Uh, it just He's a fun guy. He's real athletic. He jumps a ton. Yeah, uh, he's he's one of those guys that uh, I I I think not having summer league is gonna is gonna change a lot for him because him I think he could assault some people in summer league. I, I think so too. Man, well Ethan, uh, if if you're curious about any of our second round rankings, we might update this a little bit more. Uh, I think Ethan will after he watches some more Arkansas. Um, uh, but we'll update this a little bit more, maybe before the draft, which is November 18. Um, we still got two more draft pods upcoming, uh, a couple of mock draft pods that we're going to be doing. Um, one of them, we'll have Elkin in there, and I, I, that one's going to be real fun. I'm ready for that one. Um, but you have to wait until next time to uh, see what's coming. If you are curious about the rest of our rankings, they are on the spreadsheet, the uh, 2020 NBA Draft Prospect Sheet. We have that linked in the show notes so, go ahead and, and take a look. Browse around. Browse around, indeed. All right, Ethan. Good talking with you today, and um, I'm ready. I'm ready for the NBA draft. Ready, ready for all that to get going. Uh, I just what, being at home on Halloween, 
and not having basketball to watch, it really kind of hit me the other day. And I, I know it's just left us, so it's like not as bad. But man, it, it did it did hurt. It did hurt, Richard. It did, it, did, it did hurt a bit, you know. At this point in time, we usually have a pod where I tell you about everyone I drafted my fantasy basketball team. That really doesn't matter. Yeah. Our fantasy basketball. Our team. fantasy. Yes, <laughs> I mean I, I tell you who I who I drafted for us is <laughs> is really. By the way, we 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 got we got really you know we got second place um be, in, in the shutdown, but we were on we had the momentum and we got you know put down second, but it's okay, it's all right. Next year, we will Next come year. for what is rightfully ours. Next year's our year. <laughs>